Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Friction Addiction Podcast. Uh, Once again, I'm your host, Kyle Knapp, and today on the podcast, all the way from the UK via Zoom, uh, the legend himself, Ben Moon, joins me in a conversation about um, his Moon brand, the Moonboard training, and uh, some other little tidbits here and there. Um, Full disclosure here, though. Even though I had a lot of fun doing it and shared some good laughs, uh, man, was I nervous. I forgot about half the questions I wanted to ask him, uh, interrupted way too often, and uh, generally feel like I, uh, I stumbled through it. Um, but hey, I'm still learning, and hopefully I can get him on again, and, uh, and potentially we can do another one. Um, but like I said, all in all, Though, uh, you know, Ben is a super nice guy and it was a great pleasure to have him on the podcast and easily one of the highlights of the year so far for me personally. Um, You know, not even, I mean, obviously being on the moon team is one of them, but talking to him is always a great time. Um, So I hope you enjoy it. And if you liked it, uh, leave some good reviews on Apple Podcasts uh, so I can uh, stop seeing that negative review from that tosser, C. Flynn or whatever his name is. So, uh, yeah, thanks everyone. I uh, hope you have a great rest of the week and stay in safe. Um, here's Ben. Okay. Just going to go back upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're on lockdown here as well. So, um, everything's over the computer. Not, yeah. Everything's over the computer. Exactly. Yeah. So Sylvie's doing a zoom martial arts. Which, which, which I got to be honest, has to be a little bit weird for her, I'm sure, just to be like, you know, following someone when you're not there. It seems kind of strange, yeah, but I guess. Got, she's got into it, actually. I mean, it, it seems to work quite well. I mean, yeah, it's not the same as being there with all the kids and the instructor, but right, yeah, right. she seems to yeah, well, doing all right. Just so you know, pay no attention to my cat here. Uh, she <laughs> might, you know, she might be a little bit annoying and the dog might come up, but um so yeah, like I was saying before, it's nice to see you again, and um, your your hair has definitely changed. Yeah, I've got a short haircut now. Because <laughs> that's a lockdown haircut, right? Is that like uh... lockdown haircut? Yeah, yeah. No, I'd already been thinking of getting it, but yeah, then when the lockdown happened, I don't know. I was just like, yeah, get it cut. You're right, right, right. So um, I'm going to start off pretty much like right now, Ben. So can you just for the listeners who I don't, I feel very, very strange asking this. But for the listeners who don't know who you are, which I find hard to believe, can you just give them a little bit of who you are and what you do and the whole the whole deal? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, well, I'm, obviously my name's Ben Moon, and um, I've been um, well, I've been climbing since I was about seven years uh, old. Uh, I'm now 53 years old. Um, I was a professional rock climber for well, probably for sort of. 10 or 15 years when I was in my 20s and 30s and um, and then I set up my own climbing company uh, called Moon Climbing um, sort of uh, around 2000 something like that and uh, yeah still climbing regularly right um, so yeah yeah yes that's, yeah. that's I, am. <laughs> I, I really feel like it's like if you don't know who you are not to like blow smoke or anything here but like if you you know if you don't know who you are by now then you really need to go into the history books a little bit and you know, read up on. Well, I mean, no, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of people who don't who climb now who don't know who I am. That's I mean, fair. You know, I'm, I'm getting on. You know, 
50, well, 53, 54 in, uh, in a couple of months' time. And, you know, I still go to the gyms quite a lot. Um, and, you know, there's lots of young people in there. And, you know, I can be quite anonymous because, you know, I'm just an old man to most people, yeah. most young people. I, so, I, that was one of the things that uh, when I met you down in, in Brooklyn, that one like a couple of years ago in 2017. Yes, right, yeah. That honestly was, and I know that you were doing stuff with your dad's artwork at the time and you had another friend that was there. Um, but when, you know, I met you outside and we walked in and the fact that like nobody, like you said, it was almost like, you know, you were just like an anonymous person and I'm, it blew yeah. my mind because yeah. even though I'm an older, I'm 43 and I only started yeah. when I was 30, you were one of the first, you know, companies that I, you know, I don't remember a few if you ever remember hearing about Urban Climber magazine, yeah, yeah, like my friend Joe Iarato, who I, you know, oh, right. yes, yeah, 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 like he, you know, we climbed at the same gym. I met him, and yours was one of the first. I opened up the, you know, the magazine, saw like you on the Voyager, you know, it was an yeah. ad, and I was like, oh man, that that looks like that that looks like a badass climber, right? You know, I mean, I didn't I didn't know anything. I was new, but but it definitely blows my mind when I see, you know, when I saw that gym. You know, no one knew who you were, and I was like, I can't believe no one knows who this guy is right now. <laughs> you know? yeah, I'm used to it, and it is true. I don't expect to, to be recognized or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for sort of by the older climbers, really. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, which I understand. I mean, it's the same way I feel when someone says, uh, like, you know, who's Fred Nicole? And I'm like, are you, you know, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you're a boulderer and you have no idea who that guy is? I'm like, I could see you maybe not knowing Gil. Because he's very, very like, old, yes, yeah, you know, yeah. like way yeah. old. But Fred Nicole is still relevant in my mind. But that's just yeah. the way it goes. So no, it's quite funny. It's quite funny actually because I was climbing at a climb one in North Wales last summer, and um, it was just like a small sort of bouldering gym, and they had a bit of a circuit there, and uh, I was just sort of going around these problems. Um, I mean, it wasn't anything super hard, but so there was a few tricky things. But there was these three students who were also going around sort of at the same time, right. you know, together. And, uh, you know, they would sort of try a problem and then either do it or not do it. And then, you know, I'd, have a, I'd you know, do the problem. And we kind of could have, were going around bumping into each other all the time. And then they were trying this one problem or a couple of problems in this bathroom near the end. And they were the only ones I hadn't done. And I went in and did them like first or second try. And I go, oh, you look like you've climbed a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just a little, you know, just a oh, little yeah. bit. <laughs> That's great. So um, how did, how, I mean, I could go into the history of like asking you about, you know, Jerry and you and, and, and the real thing and um, which, I mean, I don't know if you necessarily want to talk about. I know there's been other podcasts that talk about or interviews that you've done that go over that. Um, but one thing I, you know, one thing I've always wanted to ask you was what made you, I, I know I've read the autobiography and some people I'm sure have read it as well, but like what made you decide really to, to start your own brand, to, to start the moon brand itself? I mean, I know you started S7 earlier and there, there was some, you know, troubles with that, whatever, but what made you decide to keep going on and, and, and doing it? Um, well, I suppose the reason I, I first started, I mean, it was S7, as you say, that I first set up my own company, climbing company called S7. And the reason I did that was basically 
um, I suppose that was in probably I was probably early 30s or something like that. Right. Um, I'd been sort of a professional rock climber, uh, working with brands like Boreal and DMM and Mammoth for you know about 10 years and stuff. And I I I sort of realised that you know my sort of lifespan as a professional rock climber was going to be limited, and um, you know maybe it'd make more sense to set up my own company while I was still quite well known in the climbing world and sort of market it my own products really so that's the main reason why i did it i mean I, I probably got the original idea back in sort of 1990 because um, um, i was I'm friends with christian griffith um right. who, who lives in boulder and i went and stayed with him in 1990 just i think it was probably like a year or so after he'd set up verve um verve climbing clothing yeah. and um I just thought, oh yeah, that's really cool, you know, having your own company and sort of making your own climbing clothing, you right. know, and maybe one day I'll do that. Um, but obviously, yeah, I, I, you know, it wasn't for another sort of 10, 15 years before I actually sort of took the plunge and did it myself. Was it because, I mean, was there like, like you said, was it because of knowing also the way that like kind of the industry works too as well? Like knowing like, okay, there's going to come a point where I'm not going to be in the upper echelon of, of climbers at the time. And, and it was like a, a way to like keep climbing in your, in your life. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, I might be being a bit hard on the, on those companies actually, because they might not have done that anyway. But I mean, I suppose, you know, I was a professional rock climber and I was just paid to go climbing. You right. know, I just, you know, I got a salary and then I just went and climbed and traveled and, you know, as long as I was sort of doing hard climbs and sort of generating sort of publicity for the, the brands and helping them with their product development and feedback and all that, uh, you know, they were, they were happy. But I, I suppose I thought, yeah, well, maybe when I'm not at the sort of cutting edge anymore and I'm not doing like sort of the hardest climbs in the world anymore, will they still want to work with me? I think they probably would have, but my, my role would have had to change and everything. Right. Um, so, you know, that's why I thought, well, I'll start doing some stuff myself and obviously Christian Griffiths had given me the idea you know and I like sort of de designing products and you know creating stuff anyway so it's you know, and, it's enjoyable. And is that something that you find I mean not to delve too much into a personal history but is that something that like your family is like designing and stuff like that I mean because. Uh, well not really designing I mean, yeah I'd, I'd say my family's fairly creative I mean my father was very creative I mean he was a painter um so he was like an abstract artist in the sort of 60s and 70s i mean my mum's you know she's not really like she's well she's dead now but uh she was she was into the arts and into reading and right. things like that so but no there's no sort of design designers or anything like that in my family right. hence where you get the reading is where you get all those great names like uh weathering heights and everything yeah, like exactly yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. um so I know that at one point, like, I mean, you started the company and then another thing that I found all like intriguing because not only for myself, but I think a lot of people sometimes go through the same thing that maybe you, you went through. Um, I don't know if it was maybe to the, to quite the degree, but like you, you gave up climbing. I mean, it seemed like when I read the autobiography, there was a point where you did hobble and it seemed like not that you kind of like were done with sport climbing. You had a little bit like I think you were working Northern Lights after Hubble, correct? And then yeah. you kind of just were like it was just getting to be too much. Like it was too much pressure for you. So then you yeah. went 
to go into bouldering and, and you were still climbing, but then you did Voyager after so many years of bouldering and got mislabeled as a boulderer, even though, you know, everybody, when you listen to past interviews says that, you know, you're like, I'm actually really into sport climbing. But then after Voyager, you like pretty much not necessarily toss it to the side, but like kind of got away from the limelight, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose after Voyager, I wasn't, yeah, as you say, I hadn't been, I had just been bouldering pretty much for 10 years. Um, I wasn't sport climbing and um, I kind of just lost my motivation a little bit, really, after doing Voyager. That was the sort of one thing that I really wanted to do. I right. mean, that was in, I was 40 when I did that and, you know, I was working hard on my business, moon climbing and, you know, I hope Sylvia was born in 2000 and... Well, you better answer this right. <laughs> 2009, 2009. And um, I think, yeah, I just, there was other things going on in my life and um, distractions and stuff that I needed to sort of focus on like the business and then like my daughter and uh, yeah climbing didn't really sort of fit in so well then I didn't have the freedom to travel as right. much because of the business and uh, my daughter and everything um, okay, so, and but, then, but then after that like I mean then at that one point and this is kind of where I'm sure a lot of the listeners that listen to this are going to be excited about this is when you kind of like came up with the concept for the moon board after a couple of years. Is this like 2006, I think? 2006. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, and like, how did, how did that come about? I mean, I know. Was it, I think it might be in 2004. Okay. Actually. But anyway. So how um, did that come about and like, how did like, uh, one of the things I've always been interested in is like how it came about and, and what, how did like you come up with the concept of the hold shapes? Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because honestly, the original holds, like, I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, I remember climbing for the first time in 2006, or no, excuse me, 2011, when the gravity vault got it. And like, I've sent you messages before the original holds that we got were green. And yes. I don't know if that's, right. I don't know if you had a mishmash of colors at that time, but those holds are wicked small. And those first few setups that you had, like, you know, set up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, I think you had on just the originals are, I, I don't even, I don't even think I did one problem on any of them. Yeah, so how did, how did this all like happen? You know? Uh, well, which, which bit, what specifically? Well, like the concept of the moon board and uh, the, the, moon board con the moon board concept. Um, a friend of mine, one of my best friends suggested the idea to me. A long time ago, I thought, oh, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea, like a standardized board um, that, you know, can be copied by people around the world. And I just thought, yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, and um, that was when actually when I had the S, the company S7, the first company that I had before, um, before right. doing uh, moon climbing. And um, I was already making a few holds with S7. Um, and... Uh, yeah, we just, we just, we just shaped, we just thought, oh, well, we'll just shape some holds, you know, for this, for this moon board idea, this standardized board. And we just got some foam and, you know, we just shaped a load of gnarly crimps. So like and you then, did most of that or? Uh, yeah, me and a, yeah, a couple of other guys. Yeah, we just, yeah, yeah, just shaped some gnarly crimps. And I suppose that was kind of, that's kind of the style, you know, back then. Well, it 
I mean, it still is really that style. If you go outdoors, you know, it's, it's generally is pretty crimpy. I mean, yeah, you go to Fontainebleau and places like that where it's more rounded and stuff. And, it's rounded. But, you know, generally outdoor climbing is pretty crimpy. Yeah. Um, certainly in the UK, it's, it's very crimpy. Um, so I think that's where the sort of, you know, why we made a load of gnarly crimps. <laughs> right, the, that's where the originals came from. And then, then you yeah, have like right. the like the, the quote unquote softer sets of the A and B, which still aren't soft. Yeah, by any exactly. yeah. I mean, you know, to be, I'll be honest, we didn't sort of agonize over the shapes loads. We just, you know, we just got some foam and just, you know, shaped a load of crimps and then did it. We didn't do much sort of trial and uh, error or anything right. like that. I mean, I don't I think we ever did any trial error. We maybe chucked away a load of foam shapes that we didn't like. And, you know, we just ended up with 40, you know, 40 sort of crimps and sort of pinches and things like that and got them molded and then, you know, built the first sort of moonboard. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, the, and, and they're like classic in my mind, but it's just, it, I do agree with you 100% about Yeah, I mean, they, they, they sort of divide opinion, don't they? I mean, I, 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 you know, I read all the sort of chats and stuff like that and do I you? listen to stuff. And, well, I don't read all of them, but I read some of them. No, I mean, I actually try not to read too much. Like, I hope you don't read any of mine because some of them are. <laughs> Like, no, no, in those new woods, I've, new woods. I've, probably, I've probably heard it all before anyway yeah um sure. you know i've been in this sort of business a long time now and you're never going to please all of the people all the time um yeah. you know at the end of the day I, I listen to you know what people say and you know some of the feedback i take on board and some of it i just say well it's fine and you think that i disagree and this is what i'm doing yeah. you know if you don't like it you know it's your company, so of course, I mean, it's, yeah. it's you know, it's yeah, exactly. your behind it. So I mean, that's that's one hundred percent on that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, some of th those those shapes, um, you know, and especially the the two thousand sixteen setup. I mean, the the originals to me, Ben, have always been something where, and I find this, and I find it funny, even with uh, when you made the. Um, the wood, the first wood set, I found yeah. it like, I think you came out with a post and you were like, if you use all the woods and this is on a 2017 setup, like V8 was kind of like the, Start the grade. Yeah, of any of them. And I'm like, yeah, I can see that because I'm horrible on those first set of woods. The, the new woods, yeah, I love them. They're, they're pretty tricky, aren't they? they? They're really tricky. And it's especially tricky you know, for myself, because I don't have a temperature controlled room. So, and it's in, yeah. a, it's in a cow barn. So the humidity and the, and the yeah, it, changes. it fluctuates and my skin, you know, pisses water all the time. Yeah. So grabbing onto those, I'm like, yeah, those are totally V8. And then I would see people who would be like, oh no, this is a V5 climb. And I'm like, there is no V5 climb that I have ever been on that is that yeah. hard where I can't even pull moves on, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, conditions is a big factor, isn't it? I mean, in climbing generally, whether it's outdoors or indoors. And, you know, that is one of the things with the moonboards. I mean, there's moonboards, you know, all over the world in all kinds of environments and all kinds of temperatures and everything. Yeah. And uh, so things are, you know, the same problem is going to be different for different people in terms of, you know, the grade. Well, and, then, and, and like you said, and also we could go down like it also depends on your skin and 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 how you yeah, you know exactly. your your yeah. weight class like i struggle you know there's a lot of climbers 
you know, your, your problems I completely struggle on because you're very, very powerful. Seems like you have like a lot of one move power problems that I just cannot. Yeah. Sometimes I just can't, I just can't do it. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm probably, uh, yeah, I'm probably quite good on the, on the, on the originals, on the, on those little gnarly crimps. That's probably my kind of, <laughs> whereas on maybe some of the bigger sort of slopey sort of witty holds, I'm maybe not so good. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, on that, what are your, now that we're talking about the moon board and everybody's probably freaking out, what are, what are some of your, what are your thoughts on some of like, how, like the progression of the sets, like let's say like from 2016, 17 to now the, the 19, what is, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have like a particular favorite? Is there? Um, I probably like the 2019 setup the most actually. Okay. Is that like, is that just because it's new to you now or is that like? Um, no, I think because, I mean, I really like the 2016 setup. I think that's a really good setup. Um, but there's only 140 holds on it. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of blank T-nut spaces there. Um, so I feel like the 2019 setup is like the 2016 setup, but it's a full yeah. board. And, you know, it's like 40% wood, 60% resin. And so, you know, it's got a good mix in there. Um, of sort of well obviously hold types and styles and things like that so yeah probably probably go 2019 right and then the, so the new and like i'm 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 a little torn on that um there's always this part of me that likes 2016 because that's where like i think everything kind of kind of exploded a little bit more and it was yeah it was when the um yeah when we standardized the setup and right. we launched the app and the leds that's when it sort of really went crazy didn't it so is there any is there any way that anybody could ever find some of the old setups because I'm I'm not like you and uh, and smart like some of your counterparts and make a logbook like you did in the schoolroom of like you know the climbs some of the old setups I was like oh man I wish that I didn't throw those pieces of paper because people don't realize there was no app. I think they are, yeah I think they still are out there actually really uh, I think I saw a link to some the other day I'll have to I'll have to oh no I didn't no, I didn't no, um, I, I might have them on an Excel spreadsheet. I mean, we do get people asking after them, <laughs> but, but uh, I'm just like, I don't understand it to be honest. Yeah, um, there's... Like, there was like, I mean, yeah, I can't remember how many setups there were, maybe five, eight, five or something. six. Five. There weren't very many setups and there was maybe, there weren't very many problems per setup either, were there? No, there um, wasn't. There wasn't very many setters, which was, I mean, no, I think that was one of the strange things was like, you know, since you didn't have it on the phone, like you, I would go to the computer every week and, you know, and like, look up and be like, oh, oh, cool. Ben put up a new problem. Let me go try it. And, and I've, I've said this before and to many people that climb on the moon board and through Instagram, I'm like, I felt like those first setups that weren't on the app before 2016 are actually really, really hard. Um, yeah. I, well, obviously I've not... I've not climbed on them since, you know. Right. Since, right. I mean, the only yeah. reason I would want it was for nostalgia purposes, just because, yeah. like I mean, it just brings you back to, like, the, not like the good old days, but I remember there was, like, there wasn't so much. Like, sometimes I feel like on the app and in the new setups, like, you get a bunch of problems and a bunch of problems and a bunch of problems. And sometimes I get a little bit overwhelmed 
with having to yeah. look at like all these different problems and especially being, as you know, obviously an, an administrator and having a quote unquote job to do, like I look at it and I'm like, oh man, there's like so many new, pro like there's 25,000 problems. <laughs> you know? so, I'm like, it gets a little bit like, all right, this is, this is a little bit too much. And most of those problems are like, for the most part are lower grade problems. I mean, once you start getting, I think above 7B, it kind of peters out a little bit in terms of the the quantity of problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was my, my two thoughts. So with the 2019 setup though, with the, you, you've recently come out with the woods, which by the way, I just gotta say are amazing. I like them way better. I mean, I like them. I'm very happy with them. They, they are. They're really, I, I really honestly like, it's just very, very, very nice to have like some bigger holds, you know, just for even lower end users so that they don't feel yeah. like they're, they're being like, oh, I can't even do anything on this. Like it's, it's very nice to have that um, yeah. as an option. But what I was going to say is since this, Unfortunately, since this lockdown has happened, how has this changed? Um, obviously, gyms are closed. I've, yep. The Moonboard Network on Facebook, you've alluded to potentially a smaller board. Is this? Yeah, uh, that's, I'm still working on it. Um, I mean, yeah, we, I mean, we get it. Since the lockdown, we've been, have been getting a lot of orders for Moonboards because obviously <laughs> maybe people have been thinking about doing a Moonboard board but not sort of gone for it. And then all the gyms around the world have closed down and people are like, right, okay, um, right. need to uh, thingy. So we're basically, yeah, we're, we're sort of flat out trying to fulfill all those orders. I built a mini Moonboard in the basement of my house um, but I and it's all ready to go. I just need to do the setup on it um right. but we haven't got wood set b's and wood set c's in stock so, so i'm just waiting for those oh man not even <laughs> it's it a bit unfortunate actually because the wood holds are made in sheffield um and uh, by this guy richard osborne he's a great guy and uh, about a month before the lockdown he had to change move workshops so he shut his workshop down and he was out of production for a whole month and then just when he was ready to reopen his workshop, all the lock, lockdown came down. So we've just basically, we've not been in production of the wood olds for like well, more than a month, like six weeks. So we're very behind with those. So, but he's back in production now. So we're hoping we're going to get on top well, of things. Hopefully this will explain it to some people then at least they, you won't get too many bad emails. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, it's been quite challenging dealing with the, uh, you know, with the lockdown I, yeah. and everything. Yes, definitely. I think I agree 100% for, for everybody. So um, one thing that I've always wanted to ask you, and um, I guess since reading, again, reading your autobiography, and this kind of goes off of the moon board, but not really in the same sense, because I feel like it's applicable. We, in the industry, and I'm sure you're aware of it, there's always a lot of talk about training and, and like what's the best and fingerboarding or lifting weights or doing this and doing that. And it gets to be to the point where, or what's your nutrition? And not that I won't ask you these questions, but um, one thing that I noticed in the book was, do you like your, the mental training? Do you struggle sometimes with 
not necessarily motivation, but like maybe potentially getting down on yourself? Or is there like certain like little tips or tricks that you do to kind of like, I think one of the passages, I, I forgot where it was. Um, it said about not letting your thoughts interfere with your body, you know, like just mm. almost just, like just climbing and your body knows like what to do. Is this something that like you are conscious of like all the time? It's, well, I mean, not all the time, but yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I just, obviously I think the mental side of climbing is, you know, as important or more important than the physical side. Um, and it's, it's, it's an aspect that's really, really hard, I think, to sort of, to get right all of the time. So, um, you know, we're probably, I'm probably very similar to most people, you know, you sometimes, you know, you, you just have like a sort of purple patch where, you know, you just feel really relaxed and you're just climbing and not thinking about anything and that's no expectations or anything. You're in, and then other times when, you know, you're a bit tense, you've got high expectations and you just don't perform very well. Yeah. So yeah, just sort of, you know, getting that right mental state really. Do you find that like when you're, when you're not tense and like, like what you said, when you're just, you know, there's no, uh, you know, expectations like I've I've found personally that when I climb my best when I'm just not thinking about it and I'm just like yeah. it's almost like I've been projecting 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 and I've gotten nowhere and I'm just like I'm just gonna go out and yeah. whatever and don't even Keep care and and, yeah. and then all of a sudden I'll go to the, the the problem or the project that I'm trying and boom there it goes and it doesn't mean that there wasn't some type of like lead up in, in terms of me getting the muscle movement and stuff like that but i always feel feel like my mind is what blocks me more than maybe yes. my, my body yeah. yeah i do well i would agree with that as well definitely um i mean yeah certainly in in sort of when it's red pointing and stuff like that um which i'm uh, sure is way harder where, where, than boulder. where you're climbing for a sort of a lot longer time you know more you know five six well, three minutes or more or whatever Right. Um, there's more time to start start thinking about stuff and everything whereas bouldering is a lot quicker and everything and you can have more goes and stuff like that but right. yeah no I mean it's it's yeah it's a challenge definitely yeah so insist into still the training thing is there anything that I mean and I'm hoping this actually can help out myself number one selfishly but is there anything that like as you, you as you've gotten older that you've done or or potentially pushed to the side like is there things that you like okay i don't do that anymore because it's it's not benefiting me or or maybe as you're getting older you're just like i don't know if that's really good because i can't handle that like you do you understand what i'm saying like uh, uh, yes yeah 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 definitely um well i mean i i i i boulder a hell of a lot um uh indoors anyway um right. i mean you know my focus now is sort of sport climbing outdoors i don't really boulder outdoors but all of my training is is some form of bouldering so i do a hell of a lot of bouldering i mean i don't i really don't do very much i hardly hardly dead hang at all i don't really do that much weight training i do a little bit of camp sporting but it's predominantly bouldering and um you know i've got the schoolroom you know, and we've got uh, right. you know, three moon boards down there. Then we've got an old, the old sort of 50 degree schoolroom board. And then we've got like this sort of splatter board 
which is sort of, you know, from 30 degrees to 50 degrees. And I just try and sort of mix things up as much as possible, really. I mean, you know, when you've got limited time, I mean, there's so many, there's so many different sort of um, uh, training equipment you can do these days, aren't there? And so many different routines and, it's like it's kind of overwhelming in a way and uh, you know no one's, no one's you know got inf infinite amounts of time we've all got sort of time restrictions so I just sort of pick the thing that I think is most important to me I mean at the end of the day climbing is a very technical sport uh, you know it's all about the movement and everything right. uh, well obviously it's about strength but it is a very technical sport you know using your you know having good technique is like really really important and um, so I figure just sort of climbing as much as possible is probably the best best form of training for climbing, really. I mean, Pete Livesey, a very famous English climber in the 70s, who was really into sort of uh, training and stuff like that. And he was one of the best climbers in Britain. He said the best climbing for climbing, best climbing for climbing, best training for climbing is climbing. Right. You know, I still think that holds true now, you know, and try and try and get on as many different rock types and diff different many styles of climbing as you can, really. Right. And I, I, yeah, I was going to, going to interject there and be like, I'm sure there's some people here over in the States or even over in the UK who would, Oh no, there's gotta be a, you know, you gotta do the deadlifts or, or whatever it is. And, yeah. and that's fine. I think those are good. I definitely think those are good. And, you know, uh, if I had the time, um, I would do those, you know, um, likewise, you know, campusing, uh, you know dead hanging and stuff like that I mean one thing I have started doing more of on a regular basis which I originally started doing sort of about a year or two years ago mainly for rehab because I had a bit of a dodgy shoulder was a bit of sort of rings and some floor exercises and some bar works and I have a little routine of that that I do which only takes about 20 minutes and I just can tag it on at the end of a end of a sort of bouldering session right um, so it's like more of like a supplementary thing just to make. Yeah, sure more like a supplementary thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, so, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I remember reading that like, even when you took the five years off, let's say, and you came back, I mean, you're, you're definitely in, in the elite level of a, a kind of a climber and stuff like that. Is there any, and you're genetically, I mean, you're, you've always been yeah. very, fairly thin and. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, not to say that you don't work hard. I don't want anybody who's listening no, to no, 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 I'm very lucky with my weight. Definitely, it doesn't really change very much. I just, I don't want anybody to think that, like, when I say that, like, someone's has like a, a better thing that I'm saying that, like, oh, it's easy for them because I know everybody trains hard and like they they put in the effort and you know, and some climbs are quote unquote easier because it's just their style for them than than another person, um, but one of the other things that I was interested about um, was what is, what is your, what is your take on nutrition? I also feel like there's something that like, um, I guess it's kind of pushed under the side because I mean, obviously with climbers, we're always trying to get lighter and there's always these, um, these caveats of people be, you know, be getting anorexia and all these different you yeah, know, yeah, that, you know, stuff like that. And, and, I'm, and I don't want to lead people to think that they got to starve themselves, but I was just interested to find out, like, what, what is your take on, on that? Do you, I mean... Well, first off, I am very fortunate in that my weight stays very, I mean, it just doesn't really fluctuate. Um, you know, I'm around about 62, 61, 62 kilos. 
right. so around about 100 well, under 140 pounds and it stays that all the time really um having said that i mean i do have a reasonably healthy diet i mean i don't eat loads i try not to eat too much junk food well i mean i don't hardly eat any junk food really even um, now yeah yeah i mean I, I very rarely buy i very rarely buy sort of chocolate and cakes and things like that um i've been a vegetarian for sort of about a oh. uh, year well about a year um so i eat fish actually um, but I eat a lot of sort of rice and lentils and vegetables and things like that. So I'd say I've got a fairly sort of healthy balanced diet. Um, but I could probably eat like a load of junk food and, you know, drink tons of beer and stuff like that. And I probably still wouldn't put on weight. So I'm really lucky. I mean, the one thing you do see in climbing is that if you look at all the best climbers in the world, I mean, they do vary a lot in body type. You know, I mean, Chris Sharma, you know, he's pretty big guy yeah, uh, he's so, at like 175 i think was his yeah, it, you know it didn't stop him so you know as long as you're not carrying excess weight you know uh, i think uh yeah they you know whatever your body type is you you know you 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 could climb hard i mean it's like with all sports though isn't it it's so much of it is down to genetics you know and we all have a sort of a limit really of uh, you know what we can achieve um i i agree i agree i feel like there's a um you know it's a little bit of a frustrating thing for me personally because i think and i think a lot of people actually when they when they you want to kind of be part of the team like i see like let's say you're on the moon board or or even like if i watch someone like hosier like and he does yeah. oh man that climb looks amazing i want to try that and then i go and try it and i'm like there is oh no God, way yeah that I'm ever going to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, right. And I don't want well, to... The thing is, yeah, it's exactly the same for me. You know, I mean, you know, I look at Hosiak and these other guys and I'm just like, freaking hell, how do they do that? <laughs> and it's not trying to be defeatist in that, in that sense where I'm like, no, I'm not saying I won't try it. Uh, you know, and, you know, and as you said earlier, everyone has their own sort, their strengths and weaknesses and their particular style of problems that they're better at and worse at. And, um, you know, it's the same for everyone. And it's funny that even, even on the moon board, which is such as, which what you'd think on the surface is very basic, very basic training board. There are still uh, a lot of different style problems on there. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I really struggle on some things and I'm just, Oh yeah. Yeah. How can they grade it that? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. We've we've definitely had this discussion before where I've been like, yeah. like, there is no way that that is V4. There is absolutely no V4 climber that I know and I'm around that could even remotely do that problem right now. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, on that note, um, when we're talking about training and, uh, you know, the nutrition, is there anything that like, can you like run me through like a, a, a typical, is there a typical training routine that you go through? Like during the, like when you, when you go in, like, let's say you're going to, are like, is there routes that you're training for right now, which I'm pretty sure there are. And what, what does that involve for you? Like, what do you, what do you actually do when you go? Uh, in? I'm not following any plan. I mean, you know, I have followed a couple of plans, uh, uh, um, for 20 winter of 2016 and winter of 2017 i did a couple of lattice programs 
um, and you know they were good um, but I don't find that it didn't I don't feel like it's any better than when I was doing my own thing really okay. and so I'm not on a like really specific um, sort of training routine I basically I suppose I'm mainly just trying to work my sort of maximum strength um, or I'm working my endurance so the sort of top and bottom of the sort of spectrums really right. um, and uh, so you know probably there's probably like maybe three different types of sessions I have um, one might be sort of limit bouldering so that's just going to be working one or two moves at my absolute limit um, for an hour and a half or something so um, so do you like just try like when you do that like like let's say yeah like I've probably got some projects or board problems either on the moon board or on the old school room 50 degree board so they right. might be you know they might be five six seven move problems um and all of the moves are very very hard and i suppose the ultimate goal is obviously to try and link it but it's maybe not even possible it might be just you try and do it from a stand up um right. like and, a move in yeah. maybe like one move in like if you could figure that yeah, or, or... Moves in or something like that so yeah you might do you might, so you're just working you know one move or two moves or you know if you do three moves, maybe you've done it as a stand-up. So it's just your absolute sort of limit, um, you know, and having really good rests in between each sort of go. What would be um, your, what would be like a normal like what would you say like your rest rate is like five minutes between? Uh, minimum of three minutes, I would say, and maybe up to five minutes. I normally set a timer for three minutes uh, to force myself to have a you know a good rest. Right. You know, that might be you might I might have done one move or two moves. And then fallen off, uh, right. and then rest minimum of three minutes, maybe up to five minutes, uh, depending on I suppose number of moves that maybe I was linking, or um, how you feel that day potentially. Yeah, or how I feel. Yeah, it's like I mean, I tend not to have those sessions if I don't feel good, to be honest. Right. Um, because uh, yeah, so I think you need to be a little bit flexible about about you know what you're going to train on a specific day I think I mean if you go in and you feel really tired then you know or you just don't feel like you've got that spring in you step that was, that was me today after. Point, doesn't seem any point you know trying to do those absolute really desperate problems you're better off doing something else yeah. um, so, so I suppose another of my session would be more sort of a volume volume session on a board session so a lot of problems you know that you can do quite quickly um maybe that's you know maybe flash grade or maybe two or third second or third try grade like that um and just 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 sort of quite a quite a bit of volume on the board and um, what do you give for rests and that do you i mean do you just keep uh, i would probably maybe slightly less I, mean, I wouldn't rest five minutes definitely not maybe a couple of minutes maybe three minutes i suppose if you get sucked into something and it's going to take you three or four tries or something right um uh i mean i'm not really specific on my wrist uh, on my on my rest i know there's a lot of sort of talk about how you know you've got to rest for this amount or you mustn't rest for this this any longer than this so it's changing the energy systems that you're training and all that kind of stuff i tend to go a lot on sort of just feeling uh, you know how I feel, uh, that kind of thing. But yeah, uh, probably you know where you're doing easier problems and more volume. Yeah, d uh, shorter rests definitely. Okay, okay. So what are short? I mean, I would say a shorter rest as you can get away with. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I do the same thing. And that usually, I mean, I, I actually was going to say one of your points earlier was, you know, about depending on how you feel. And, and like today was actually, I know that you had a session earlier because we've been obviously talking, yeah. you know, and I was like, oh, well, we're going to do the interview later. Then I'm going to go have a session. And I walked in and I felt like it was very, it was actually a very strange session. I felt really good when I was warming up. I was like, oh, I actually feel really good. Yeah. And I got in there and I started climbing and then all of a sudden uh, I noticed some new benchmarks and I went to try them and I was like, whoa, I don't feel really that, that good at all. Maybe. That's <laughs> <not> my... <laughs> and I, and I, and it took me a couple tries to do a six C and I was like, wow, why did that, you know, and I was slipping off the holds. My fingers were a little bit sweaty and, and I was like, okay, maybe today's not the day. And I don't know if that was, I kind of like, you know, I, I changed speed, Ben, if you know what I mean. Like, I was like, all right, today's not going to be a day where I'm going to really try like to do like hard or anything like that. I'm just going to, it is what it is. And then I think it like kind of took pressure off of me in a way. And I just was like, okay, whatever. And I wound up doing my first two seven, eight plus benchmarks that aren't mine. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, I haven't tried those in, you know, I haven't tried the one since December. I did it first go. Like it was, yeah. and yeah. I don't know if it was because I was warmed up or if I just didn't think about it and was yeah. just kind of like, oh, let's see what happens and was yeah. just kind of playing yeah. around. Um, yeah. So your initial feeling when you warmed up was correct. You did feel good then, didn't you? Right. That's what, like, it was almost like a mind game with my skin. That, and, then, and then your expectations went up and then you didn't feel so good. <laughs> and then you were like, oh, okay, no, maybe I was wrong. And your yeah. expectations went away and then suddenly, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I wound up doing like, you know, a few benchmarks. I set a few, you know, because I always like setting problems. So like for me, yeah. that's, that's just part of the fun. Like it's just, yeah. I don't get to do FAs outside because that's a huge amount of time, I think, yeah. you know, in order for driving and stuff. So I do my own FAs on the board, which is you yeah, know, yeah. a nice little mental yeah. thing for myself. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm, do, you, do you have more time or anything? Or uh, yeah, I've got more time. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, one of the questions I had was for you was, well, actually I asked it right before was, what are you training for? What are some of the, what are, what is, what's currently on? I mean, I know with the lockdown, that's kind of probably pushed to the side, but like, what are some of the routes that you? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, like I'm just training for sport climbing mainly really, I suppose. Um, yeah, I've got a few projects really. Um, Northern Lights, which you mentioned earlier, which is my old project from the sort of nineties that Steve McClure did. And I've been trying on and off for about 25 years. Um, that's one of the projects. And then there's a few um, slightly easier routes as well, um, sort of 8Cs, maybe 8C plus, um, that I tried a bit last year. Um, so, yeah, just those really, just, yeah. And then so are you, are you able to even, I mean, I don't know what it's uh, like. We can't climb outside at the moment, no. Uh, um, so, yeah, we've just got to have to wait and see. Can you guys yeah. even get out and do any type of like walking? Can you go and at least go to the, and look at I'm it? I'm not sure or? what the rules are. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, you are supposed to be able to, yeah, I think you can go out walking. Um, but yeah, no, they're, they're, they are fairly strict. I mean, I'm not really thinking about it. I'm just sort of going to the school room on right. my own and training. Right. Well, I wasn't um, trying to bring it up anything bad. We're, we're like, we, we're under the same, I guess, kind of thing. And 
we've had a couple instances, especially around in the gunks. There's a lot of remote areas and uh, there's been a couple of those smaller areas where people have gone out bouldering and, and, and have caught in a, a little bit of a back, backlash. Because there's been too many, too many people, I think. And everybody's like, oh, I know the secret spot. So, and it's like, yeah, yeah well, everybody knows the secret spot. <laughs> I mean, it is a bit funny though, I think, because I mean, even under normal circumstances, when there's no lockdown and life's just normal, you can go out into the Peak District and go bouldering on your own and not meet anyone all day. I right. mean, there are plenty of places, you know, so not quite understand why you can't go out yeah. <laughs> bouldering on your own now well, anyway. I think really- it, you know, It's supposed to be social distancing, it's supposed to keep like, you know, two meters away from someone. Um, yeah. I, think, I think the general, for what, from what I've really been hearing and, you know, I, I have someone that obviously that I love and I care about who actually is working as a, as a healthcare professional. She's a nurse right. practitioner. And I think really what they're saying, you know, is, is yes, we understand that you might not see anybody. It's like, but if you get hurt yeah. that, and then yeah, you're having to take a bed from somebody that, you know, yeah. is, is dealing with that. And especially, and I guess really more so in, in spots like, like let's say up in, in the gunks, like in New Paltz, like their hospital isn't quite as big as obviously the hospitals down in New York City. They don't have maybe quite no. the resources. So I think that's really what more the thinking was, I guess, but yeah. I agree with I think, you. I think, that is, I think that is the thinking, but again, I would say, I mean, you don't, don't get many climbing accidents, do you? I no. mean, DIY, DIY, DIY accidents are gonna be way more um, common on there and everyone's stuck at home doing DIY you wonder whether there's loads of DIY accidents with right. people chopping their fingers off with saws and yeah 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 that's a good that's a fair point it's it's totally a, and I I definitely I'm I'm on the fence of it both ways because I'm like you know I'm like all right but I don't yeah. obviously have I'm not going through craziness because we obviously have had you know you have the school room I have my own board that I can go train on so yeah, I'm, exactly. yeah. I'm, I'm getting my my fix, if you will. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty much almost done here with this. And I just had a couple questions really quick. They're uh, questions that I asked at the end of the, the podcast. Um, what's your favorite climbing area? Oh, God. Um, uh, that's a tricky one. I mean, if you want to separate it into categories between like sport climbing well, and bouldering, yeah, I'll give you that. Go Fontainebleau. I'd probably go Fontainebleau. Um, yeah, for boulder, definitely for bouldering. Um, and sport climbing, well, I have to say Margalev was is pretty impressive in Spain. And uh, you've been there a couple times or? I've only been there once actually, but I was blown away by it. There's like sort of 3,000 plus routes. <laughs> okay so pretty impressive right. uh, so yeah I'd probably go those two okay good i'm if glad I, you said if I, had to, if I had to pick an area i'd probably pick north wales um really? it's got a, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of everything it's got a lot of good sport climbing it's got a lot of good bouldering it's got a lot of good traditional climbing in right. the mountains and walking and stuff like that sea cliff climbing it's a really special place. So you're getting a good. If I, if I wasn't living in Sheffield, I'd probably live in North Wales. Oh, okay. Well, I, I would have to go check it out. I've never been there. So. I would urge everyone to go and check it out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
if you could if you could pick one person to climb with um whether they're whether they're deceased or alive who would it be and that'd be colin kirkus he's like a climbing hero of mine from the 1930s um he he was well yeah i mean he did some amazing first ascents um in the uk in north wales the peak district it was sort of pushing the boundaries even did like sort of alpine himalayan alpine ascents in the 30s um so yeah definitely and he wrote a book called let's go climbing which uh I inherited from my uh, grandfather. He wrote it in the in the nineteen forties. Colin Kirkus did, and uh, yeah, it was kind of sort of my bible when I was growing up. Right. So, so this yeah. is someone that you've been you've admired since you were yeah for a long since since I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. So what, and he so died, what, unfortunately died in the Second World War. So yeah, as, uh, yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so what do you think he would say if if you guys were to climb together? It's like. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, we'd have a good time. He'd probably comment on your on the boots and stuff like that more than yeah, yeah, the equipment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what is this? Is kind of a silly question, um, but what is your one guilty pleasure, food wise? What is the one thing that you like? Like, let's say you you did like Voyager, and you were like, you know, like well, beer, 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 beer is my guilty pleasure. Beer's your guilty pleasure. So you don't drink normally? Well, no, I do. I do. But I, yeah, no, I love beer. <laughs> right. so, so even if you did, like, let's say you did Northern Lights next year, you'd be like, I'm going to have a beer. Yeah, well, I'd be having beers anyway. So <laughs> or beer. um, I'd probably get a bottle of champagne. Or okay. I don't know. Yeah, or go, I'd probably go to a really posh restaurant if I did uh, Northern Lights or something. Awesome. So, um, yeah. All right. And then, with, with, with food, yeah, I don't know, really. Yeah. I mean, just like, you know, I mean, there's some guys that, that like, you know, before they, have, like, they have like something like they have a ritual or they're like, oh, like, I remember I did a, a very, very, one of my harder climbs, you know, four or five years ago. And when I was done, I was like, I'm going to go have, like, I'm, I went over to my mom's house, my parents' house. And I was like, I want to have spaghetti and meatballs. Very, very uh, basic, yeah, but I just, that's like, that's yeah. my birthday dinner. And I was like, I want spaghetti and meatballs. And she was like, yeah. of course, you know, like, here you yeah. go. So, um, so you obviously like beer. So uh, <laughs> what's your, uh, I'm, out of your very, very storied career, um, can you potentially nail down what is your proudest moment? Um, one thing. I know it's tough. I know there's a couple in there, so it's it's hard. I'm pretty proud of Voyager because that was quite a battle, I have to say. Um, and it's it's pretty hard. Still not had loads of ascents. And it's sort of right on my doorsteps and my local ground, everything. And then Statement of Youth in North Wales, which was, uh, you know, my first 8A and was one of the hardest routes in the UK when, 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 when I did it. I'm pretty proud of that route because it's... It, Oh, it's a sort of classic route that lots of people aspire to climb, really. Right. I'm surprised that you didn't even mention Hubble in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm obviously really proud of that as well. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. There's a bunch. I know. It's a very, very tough uh, question because... I mean, no, I mean, obviously very proud of Hubble. I suppose it's just that it's, you know, the line and everything. It's not... Probably it's not really a three-star route, um, whereas Voyager and Statement definitely both three stars. Right. Um, yeah, and... and if, 
how many do you do you happen to know just off the off the side here do you happen to know how many people have done hubble as of the moment uh off the top of my head no something like around about six six seven people maybe so really people. it's so there's not, not a, lot a lot of people that have done it no well, i think it's supposed to be i think it's it's generally accepted as being eight b plus boulder problem nine uh, a route so it's yeah. pretty hard. I think it, I've never seen it, never been on it, but I think it deserves the, the 9A. I mean, if you're yeah, 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 six it's people. Definitely 9A. It's definitely 9A. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I'm not having that as 8C plus. Right, right. And then so Voyager hasn't seen that many ascents, though, either, I don't think. Uh, Voyager's. I still think it's in the single digits. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely in the single digits. So it's, yeah, yeah. Maybe five or six as well. Right, right. Well, those are my questions, man. Thanks. I, I really appreciate you taking the time yeah, to do this. It's nice talking to you. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I can smell my dinner though now. I can smell it wafting up the air. <laughs> Got it, man. Thank you so much uh, for doing this, Ben. I really appreciate it. No, no problem at all. Um, yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Definitely. Definitely. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers, Carl. Thanks a lot, Ben. Yeah. Bye. Oh, <laughs>